much. The uh, Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. We welcome in now the uh, radio voice of the TCU Horn Frogs for football, basketball. The man does it all. I mean, he's even been known to slip into a baseball booth at times. It is John Denton joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. John, uh, it's getting closer, and the Frogs uh, are getting closer to that perfect season. Remain undefeated. We will see what happens in Waco. How are, how are things percolating today in uh, Fort Worth? Is it sort of the calm before the storm? You know, it's uh, – and by the way, Good afternoon to you, Mr. Mosley. Good to good to talk to you and uh, and all of your uh, your your listener. Anyway, um, I uh, I will tell you that everything is kind of calm, and that's kind of the way it's been the whole season. That's the way it's been all year since Sunny Dykes arrived. I mean, this is very much a business-like approach to things. They don't get too excited one week. After the next, I mean, I think that's made a lot of difference. Uh, this is a older football team that's been through a lot, especially the last 11 months, and uh, they're showing that, that they can handle it. And you know, they've come from behind in four games, and really the only team that they've jumped on and run out of the stadium is Oklahoma. But uh, this, things are very, very businesslike. They're up uh, – early on the practice field at 8 a.m. and they do all their work in the morning and then, um, you know, get to bed early and get up the next morning and go do it again. So it's an interesting approach. It's a different approach from what we had around here for the last 22 years. But you can't argue with the um, results because, like I always say, when you hire a new football coach, a lot of times it gets a whole lot worse, hello OU, before it gets better. Yeah. Well, at TCU, it's gotten a whole lot better in a hurry, and uh, it, that had to be interesting. I don't, I don't know what your pregame rituals are, uh, other than I see some pictures sometimes. You'll, you'll show me the setup, show me the view on social media. Um, but did you get to go down to the field and uh, and say hi to Gary Patterson? I was kind of wondering, um, you know, who all was able to to catch up with Gary and 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 what that was like, or if Gary was out, you know, making his way around the field a couple hours before the game. No, you know, I uh, I I do go down to the field, look around. You know, being a being a former kicker and a punter, I'm always you know checking out the wind and the wind direction and the swirls and just kind of go down and get an idea of what the conditions are like on the field. Gary did not come out for pregame at all. He did not come out uh, until about, you know, game time when, when the horns took the field and, uh, you know, the frogs were, were rolling out. So uh, really he was, he was out there only for the actual, you know, game itself and kind of kept a low profile. And then, you know, after the game, I thought it was classy and it was, it was nice of him to, he went over and I mean all the all the players that he could get to and say hello to, um, you know he gave him a hug and congratulated him and had an elongated visit with Max Duggan who is a guy that Gary's always liked from day one. I mean Gary thought a lot of Max and liked his toughness and admired the way he played the game and so it uh, it was it was good. I with him earlier in the week and he was. He was saying he was going to kind of keep a low profile until 
until the ball was in the air. Yeah, I thought for a while he looked really good, didn't he? When it was like three nothing forever or or scoreless, I thought, well, both sides, both be, you know, you could say, well, Gary still, you know, had a lot of those guys uh, on defense at TCU, recruited a lot of those guys, so it was uh, it was an interesting matchup. I mean, calling that, were you were, did you have to kind of almost um, was that pretty odd to you know because we talk about the great play designer that Sark is, and you look up there and it's like. Zero zero forever, and then it's three nothing into the third quarter. Um, did that uh, did that catch you by surprise? Yeah, I, uh, you know, with the way that these two offenses have been churning out points and yards, and you look at all the weapons on both sides. I mean, this was this was going to be an offensive addict's dream. You know, I mean, you got both teams are averaging close to forty points a game, and you got arguably two of the best. Uh, running backs in the country and you've got you know a fleet of wide receivers on both sides and you know a couple of quarterbacks that uh, one highly sought after and another one who you know was making his 38th start and yeah who who thought it'd be three to nothing at the half I mean all of a sudden we were back to uh, Texas TCU 1965 or something you know and um, it was you know it Came down to, I really think, I mean, defenses dominated in that game. And, you know, I really think it came down to, in a game like that, you know, whose quarterback plays the best. And there was a lot of made of Quinn Ewers going into this game. Now he's going to fillet TCU's pass defense that was porous and poor and all that. And, yeah, the Frogs have given up a lot of yards through the air. But the TCU defense showed up like I haven't seen in a long, long time. And um, it was quite impressive, and they they pretty much jammed the um, the run game for Texas and kind of made them one-dimensional, and I don't think anybody expected to see that. Uh, I certainly did. It was, uh, it was pretty amazing. Talking to John Denton from uh, TCU Horn Frogs, been a, a radio analyst for many years now. Uh, John, have you gotten your hands on any of those uh, – hoodies that Sonny Dykes likes to to show off I mean there, there's the hypnotode that's gotten a lot of a lot of press the house of Duggan for those of us that watch the house of dragons by the way John I wouldn't recommend that for you it's a little racy yeah. and uh, there's okay. just stuff I don't think you could handle on there but uh, too many and a lot of childbirth scenes which I'm yeah. not, it's not like I really like to sign up for that uh, but the house of Duggan uh, hoodie is a great look. I mean, I got to think when they when uh, when he wears those things, do they quickly turn those around and offer them to fans, or or some of those things that Sonny has on only only things that Sonny has? How do how do the how's the TCU how does TCU handle all that? Well, it's uh, a lot of them are are like Sonny and staff only, which you okay. know makes sense. They're they're turning them out quickly. Uh, the Hypno Toad is available. People can can get their hands on the hypnotoad, but uh, the Carter boys—that's pretty much team issue stuff. Uh, House of Duggan—that's pretty much team issue stuff. You know, it's um, it's one of those one of those situations where, I mean, they're coming out with almost one a week. So <laughs> to get the stuff merchandise, you know, I'm I'm waiting for them to come out with the House of Denton. I mean, that would that would that would be that'd be really nice, you know, with maybe a, a number 15 on the back of it, you know, my old Jersey number, but 
Mm. You know, for some reason they've they've opted not to do that just yet. So. Yeah, I saw an old picture of you. Was it talking to Wacker, maybe? And it has a great photo. It was a black and white photo. Don't read into anything into that. There was, there was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Touche. <laughs> but it was a good-looking photo, and I don't know what he was saying to you, but you looked very intense over there. And uh, you were a big dude. I mean, you're, you're still a big dude, but I'm just thinking kickers – uh, at that time, I don't think we're now kickers and punters can be really big guys. Um, you were a little bit, were you kind of ahead of your time in that, in that field? Weren't, weren't the guys like, I'm thinking about the guy at Arkansas back then. It was so great. Uh, uh who was that? Cox. Steve yep. Cox. Steve and then Cox. they had, had Leahy. Leahy was good. You know, all those guys, they were, they were not big dudes. As I recall, were you one of the bigger kickers back in the day? You know, I, you know, early 80s, I mean, it was starting to get to where you were seeing, you know, bigger guys start to get into the into the kicking game. And, uh-huh. you know, uh, I played – I originally came to TCU uh, under a head coach named F.A. Dry, who spent some time at Baylor. And yeah, yeah. He's still with us. I see him every now and again. He's, he's back up here in Fort Worth and, you know, a brilliant football guy, but also a special teams guru. Yeah. And um, I was – I was led into the program because of leg length. He liked he liked tall kickers and punters because he knew that, you know, just like in golf with the longer shaft on a driver, the larger the arc, the more power you have. And that's that's how I got into into uh you know, the program at TCU because I had good leg length and, you know, he knew what to do with that. So when I got here he put about fifty pounds on me my freshman year. And uh, lo and behold, all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm I'm playing and kicking and, you know, trying to talk Jim Wacker into or out of a lot of different things by the time <laughs> I'm here. I'd like some of the audio from that. Now, Baylor's kicker back around then, we hit a big field goal to beat Arkansas. Uh, my, and I think I was there for that game. I can't remember if we were in Fayetteville. It may have been. Marty Jimerson was kicking. Oh, uh, now, great. Marty would handle some real – short type field goals i don't know if we even attempted longer field goals and then punting buzz sawyer was a tremendous punter at baylor back in the day and then pete rutledge uh i think was the guy's name that followed him up so i uh i just wanted to bring up some old kickers i know people love yeah you're in you're in my wheelhouse buzzy sawyer here's interesting about buzzy sawyer i mean he he would have loved the the transfer portal because as you recall he started his career at texas a&m Mm. And then transferred. He he lettered at both Texas A and M and Baylor back in the day when the you know in conference transfer was absolutely unheard of. I don't know, I don't know how he, I don't know if he made uh, Jackie Sherrill's life so miserable that Jackie just finally signed off and said, "Yeah, go ahead, go to Waco or what?" But, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you another guy you had while you, while we're wasting time talking about old kickers uh, back in the early days of the Grant Taff era. He had a big guy named Bubba Hicks, who I think he doubled as a lineman or a defensive end, but he had a big old square toe, you know, um, spot-built kicking shoe like I had. And uh, Bubba, Bubba could hit from long range, 50-plus. So, you know, at one point you had Bubba Hicks at, at Baylor. Tony Franklin was bombing him at A&M. Irk Slavin, Russell Irk Slavin was at Texas. Steve Little at Arkansas. Goodness I mean, you gracious. Had, you, I mean, it was, it was artillery. Plus, 
the great thing, and this is where, you know, they're always screwing with the kicking game with regard to rules, is back then, hell, you could try an 80-yarder, okay? And if you missed it, it came out to the 20-yard line. It didn't come back to the line of scrimmage. So that's why you had all these 60-plus field goals that were getting tried and made by mm. all those guys that I just I just made. Now, I always used to give Coach Taff a hard time because he was on the rules committee, and as soon as Bubba Hicks graduated and he didn't have a long-range bomber, he was on the rules committee, and he voted to change it to where the ball went back to the line of scrimmage after a missed field goal. So Grant Grant never missed a trick. <laughs> Love Coach Taff. He used to come talk to me in pregame. And, you know, uh. he's always trying to – Get in your head a little bit. Another great coach. <laughs> I, I, well, uh, Bubba Hicks and I were at a uh, dinner together just the other night, and uh, so next time I see him, I'll tell him that his name came. Uh, he probably listened. Bubba listens to yeah. the show all the time. Well, I, uh, I was in I was in junior high. I mean, I, any of those games that I could get to where those guys were kicking, I got there early. I was kind of like Roger Clemens watching Nolan Ryan warm up when he was a kid. I mean, I'd get there early. I knew. I knew Irk Slavin's whole routine. I, I'd catch uh, Bubba Hicks. And, uh, you know, anytime Arkansas was close by, I'd go watch Steve Cox. They, those guys were all great. They were they were guys that I, I patterned myself after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Denton joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Big noon kickoff. Uh, John, we got, I mean, obviously they're here because of what TCU, but they're going to be on the Baylor campus. They were last year when Oklahoma was 9-0 and and the Bears beat them. Were, um, were you all surprised at all to hear that? You, you kind of think this is one of those they, they made the decision before Baylor went out and got flattened by Kansas State, and then they said, well, let's just stick with this. Uh, it was uh, we. Some of us were very surprised that this would be some kind of big featured game. Although you know, TC, it's a rivalry game, the revivalry, I guess it's called. And um, and you know, there's TCU obviously has a a ton on the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's plenty on the line. Hey, I you know sometimes I don't envy those producers or the people that make those decisions on where to take game day or you know, uh, big noon kickoff or any of that kind of stuff. I mean. Yeah. You know, good Lord, it, they're, it's like a traveling circus, all of the stuff that they bring in. So, you know, they had to make a call, and they did, and, you know, things didn't go the way that um, they, they thought it might with Baylor and K-State. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, I mean, people have asked me, and they, they said, hey, you know, last weekend, getting ready to go to Austin. They're like, hey, you really worried about this one, blah, blah, blah. I said, no. I said, Texas doesn't bother me nearly as much as Baylor bothers me. And people kind of looked at me funny. I'm like, I said, I think we'll beat Texas. I said, Baylor, Baylor's the chore because I said, Baylor is starting to play like everybody thought they would play from game one. And, you know, Baylor's got rhythm right now. They're controlling, you know, obviously K-State had something to say about that last week, but I've been more worried about Baylor for weeks than I ever was about Texas. Yeah, in in playing in that spoiler role, uh, it could be interesting and the great rivalry that it is. Hey, John, did you uh, when, when Quentin Johnston first arrived on campus? I'm sure he was already, you know, the the, the big physical looking dude that he is now. But the fact that he's just already now being talked about as the as the uh, first receiver to go in the draft. 
I mean, like, it, 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 this seemed like it happened in a hurry. I mean, from the minute he took the field, though, was there, were there signs like this guy is a different level, this guy's going to be special, or did, did this year, uh, like, did he just take some kind of huge leap? Where, where, where is he from the day he walked onto campus to where he is now? Because he's a phenomenal player. I know he's been banged up, but uh, uh, he, he's a, he may be the best wide receiver in the country. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, there was there was no doubt that when he first showed up that, I mean, this guy was special. I mean, everybody in the country wanted him. Texas wanted him badly, and, uh, you know, he opted to come to TCU. And I think the biggest – I mean, he's he's made plays before. I mean, he's uh, – you know, his, his first couple of years here, I mean, he's he's made some phenomenal plays. He's, he's a dominant receiver, big body, runs well. Uh, you know, he can run over you, stiff arms people after he catches the ball. I mean, he – He's got all the tools. I think the difference this year is that Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes have taken guys like him and taken guys like Kendra Miller and taken Darius Davis and, you know, have said, okay, Max Duggan or Chandler Morris or whoever's pulling the trigger that day, these are the guys we're going to get the ball to. And we're going we're gonna to get the ball to them, make it easy on you to get it to them, and we're going to go have some fun and let them make plays. And – that's that's happened, you know. Quentin uh, was, had a had a little bit of a hamstring pull in fall camp and was a little slow at the start of the season, and then he got well and you know he had that 14 catch performance at Kansas where I mean he was unstoppable. I mean he and um, really put his skills on display. But the NFL scouts they've they've had an eye on him for for quite some time. I don't know what mm. took some of these other experts so long to figure it out, but uh, he's. He's always been special. It's been pretty obvious from early yeah. on that uh, that he was going to do some special things at TCU. And, you know, the scary thing for, for opponents is, you know, they're doubling him and they're doing a lot of different things. I think his his better, his best games may still be ahead of him. And TCU's going to rely on him. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – this is going to be really exciting. Uh, look forward to seeing you. And, uh, no, I'll be up in the press box. And if you and Brian and Landry, uh, if you all need like a, yeah, like a halftime guest or anything like that, I will peek in there and I absolutely fill some time for you guys. What what we need from you is like a halftime toddy. We'll send you down to the suite (laughs) level and you can, you can go into one of those big money Baylor alums suites where, where you can get whiskey and you can, you can come up there and you know bring me a jack and diet or something that'd be that'd be awesome Mosley and I'll I'll tip you I'll tip you a five spot Yeah you know it's Baptist so I'd have to put it in kind of a secret type container okay to be walking around with anything like that but I'd be happy to try to sneak something in there to you and uh but give all those guys my best and uh uh, I've been think, having really fond thoughts about old Estridge, by the way. We worked together all those years ago, and I, I was thinking about him today. I thought, that's the whole reason I got to be on radio in the first place, is Brian brought me on over at 103.3. So, well, anyway, I've, I'll ju- you, I've just, I'll uh, what, yeah. Well, well, we just we just moved him down to, like, 43rd in the CFP then, if he's to blame for you, okay? <laughs> Good Lord, damn He's sinking like the Titanic in the ratings. Good grief. So it's all his fault. I'm going to let him oh. know that. <laughs> I'm the one who told him to do that hit the horn thing. I gave him that. I No, I'm just kidding. I don't think yeah. I – All right, keep, I keep talking, Mosley. You're doing good. <laughs> all right, take it easy, John. I appreciate it. You all have safe travels, and we'll see you Saturday. 
All right, I'll meet you at George's after the game. Okay, that sounds good. A little post-game, post-game breakdown with John Denton. Uh, boy, the uh, one of the great voices there for TCU. You hear him in basketball. You hear him in football. And he was a great kicker for the Frogs back in the 80s, in the uh, Jim Wacker days.